Welcome to Saturday Story Circle, always on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Deep in a strange, enchanted forest, where the magic oak trees stand, on a hidden, vast, and unknown plain in a secret, nameless land, there stands a mighty, mystic castle that looms in the endless night, and a tiny flicker in a cellar window is the only visible light. Inside, there is a man of timeless age, but he is not what he seems to be, for this is the greatest magician known, Merlin, the master sorcerer he. Engrossed in his secret ancient art, he wears a tall pointed hat as he waves a sparkling magic wand over a sickly dying cat. Behind a chair in the back of the room, his young student silently peers. With hopes of learning the master's secrets, he becomes all eyes and ears. As the young apprentice quietly stares, the master chants his magic words. Lumen ragel ragiorcamente. And the poor cat becomes a bird. And with this evening's exercise done, the sorcerer nods his head. He puts his hat and wand away and starts upstairs to bed. The young apprentice silently waits, and when his master's out of sight, he grabs the magic hat and wand and scurries into the night. He runs along the castle walls by the light of the pale full moon and through a portal somewhere in back into a dark and dusty room. He dons the pointed magic hat and says to himself with a scowl, So he thinks I'm too young, does he? Well, I'm the master now. Every day that I've been here, he had me do this chore, to carry water from the well. Well, I shall do this no more. He waves the wand above his head, then toward an old, tattered broom. Now you shall become my slave, he says, and magic lights the room. For a moment, nothing happens. Perhaps it did not work. But suddenly the broom comes to life and begins to twist and jerk. From the handle pops two wooden hands. But the change is not complete, for the straw below takes on new forms and becomes two strange-looking feet. The boy puts buckets in its hands, and he waves the wand and yells, Now you shall do just my bidding. Ha, quick, fetch water from the well. The broom stands on its own two feet and swishes across the floor, and with a bucket in each hand, it bounces out the door. The sorcerer's apprentice stares with unbelieving eyes. But the broom returns with buckets full. I did it, I did it, he cries. The broom pours water in the trough and turns back toward the door and shuffles out on bristled feet to the well to gather more. Inside, the young apprentice now leaps and jumps for joy. He skips and does a little dance. This is one very happy boy. The broom slave bounces in, then out. But the trough is large, and so the young lad slouches in his chair. 
They have a long, long way to go. The boy's eyelids now grow heavy. He has an appointment to keep. Bedtime passed many hours ago, and he slowly drifts off to sleep. Suddenly, he's in a different place, atop a mountain high. Yes, he is the master sorcerer now, commanding the earth, sea, and sky. Below him is the churning sea, awaiting his command. He brings the very elements alive with a mere gesture of his hand. Slowly he moves the magic wand, and in the east appears the sun. But enough of this serious business, he says. Ha, it's time I had some fun. A simple gesture calls up the wind, a breeze both gentle and tame. He waves the magic wand again, and it becomes a hurricane. He points up to the clear blue sky, and suddenly black clouds form. Lightning, hail, rain, and thunder become a mighty storm. Below, an anxious sea awaits its master's next command. The sorcerer makes the waters rise, and a flood covers all the land. The wind blows wild, and the rains fall hard, and the sea is an angry hue. Sorcerer looks around and sighs. There must be something else I can do. A devilish idea comes to mind and puts a twinkle in his eyes. And with a single word, he levitates up, up to the angered sky. He gazes down upon the mountain and calls upon the earth to bring forth all its mighty power for what it might be worth. And deep within the mother earth, a shuddering rumble is heard. The ground trembles in a terrible quake. Which is more than the boy had preferred. Now a mountain begins to shake, a most queer way to behave, and a still rising sea below stirs up a tidal wave. The earth below him trembles hard. He must stop all this, but how? Mother Nature does not anger easy, but she seems quite furious now. The mountain peaks begin to crumble, its sides begin to corrode, for now it is an active volcano, and suddenly the zenith explodes. The angry ocean waters rise, and the boy is falling down. He feels himself being pulled to the sea. Oh, no, I'm going to drown. But wait. There is no volcano now. No wind or rain can he feel. It was just a dream, but something's still wrong. The water, the water is real. He stands and finds, to his surprise, the water is up to his chin. The trough overflows, and the castle is flooded, and the broom still brings water in. Stop, stop. He shouts, but to no avail. The broom slave still marches out to the well to fill up his field. The boy finds an axe in an old toolbox and says to himself, that's it. And when the broom comes in again, he chops and chops it to bits. Relieved that the nightmare now is over and the danger of drowning is past, he looks at all the water and sighs. Oh, I've really got to work fast. He opens a shutter and the water spills out. Now a mop and pail must be found. Oh, I must clean up this mess before the master awakes. Wait, what is that sound? It can't be the broom, he says to himself. The axe was as sharp as a knife. All that was left was the tiniest splinters. But those splinters are coming to life. Each tiny piece wriggles and jumps, bouncing round the room, till suddenly each grows bigger in size and becomes hundreds and hundreds of rooms. Each one has two hands and feet, 
and they stumble out pell-mell, each with two pails and only one purpose, to fetch water from the well. Like eerie straw and wooden soldiers, the enchanted brooms march in, dumping the water into the trough and back out to the well again. The sorcerer's apprentice tries every magic spell he knows, but alas, he knows not many, and the trough still overflows. Deeper and deeper the water grows, but just how deep can it be? For what was once a simple flood is now a raging sea. The sea becomes an angry ocean. Chairs and tables float by. He struggles as the ocean swells. Oh, no, I'll surely die. The water spills from the castle windows and starts a flood outside, above the bushes, above the well. That's not possible, he cries. The waters rise higher still, engulfing every floor, until an angry white-capped wave reaches the master's door. The master peers from his chamber door and is stunned at what he sees. The castle is flooded, the boy is drowning. Quick magic is what he needs. The sorcerer lifts his arms up high and gestures with open palms. The whirlpool slowly dissipates and the angry waters calm. The water suddenly rises off the ground and the sorcerer holds it there as it gathers and becomes a magic river, a river floating in the air. The eerie river flows outside and pours into the well. Soon all the water is gone, but there is still another spell. With yet another magic gesture, the broom slaves halt at the door. Then suddenly there is a blinding flash! And they become just one broom once more. A deafening silence fills the air. The sorcerer and apprentice are alone. The broom lies inanimate on the floor, and the castle is dry as a bone. The master paces toward the boy and takes his wand and hat. The student has disobeyed his master. What shall he do about that? Oh, master, please forgive me. Please, it was a stupid thing to do. But I only wanted to learn the way to be a sorcerer like you. Oh, master, please forgive me. Please. My own vanity is to blame. I promised to be an obedient student. I'll never do that again. The master's face melts into a queer little grin. He must do something. But what? As the boy timidly tiptoes away, the master turns and gives him a swat. The Sorcerer's Apprentice was written, directed, and produced by Steve Bellinger and narrated by Susan Seigen. This has been a Stephen A. Bellinger production. If you want a huge selection of audio drama, some of the newest ones out there as they come out, then do find Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, which is the new home of the Sonic Society, the world's longest-running, largest showcase of modern audio drama. You can find us on the Sunday Showcase feed, or if you want to hear all of the day's worth of audio, then you can find it on the main Mutual Audio Network feed, wherever you get your podcasts.
the Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>